Hey y'all. Hello. Long time no see. Yeah. Ugly. That sounded so weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to our show, y'all. Yeah. Welcome to our final well, final episode for this season. <laughs> yes, our final episode. Surprise. Hello. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm Latifa. I'm Calvin. Yeah. And this is Cupcakes at a Funeral. Hello. I've missed this. It's been like two, three weeks. It's been yeah. like two weeks, I think. I know, but it's so sad. It's been a long time. I, I guess don't know if I've even FaceTimed you in the last two weeks. No. Yeah, what the heck? Because she has been busy. She's been booked and busy, y'all. Boy, I'm literally, like, I got back Monday and I got home and I was like, I checked my Delta app and I was like, your trip is in two weeks. I was like, what the fuck? I just got back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've been quite the, quite the little, um, quite the little girl. Hussy. Oh. Wow. It's <laughs> one to no one. So true. Oh my God. Wow. Big hoe energy. Um, yeah, so um, how should we start, Tifa? What do oh, you want to why... say? Let's start with Pern Snap. Let's, let's just keep it classic. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your Pern Snap over the last couple weeks? Um, so, hold on. <laughs> um, I think my Pern Snap has been the Miel um, Rosemary Oil. Um, I know Ooh. I talked about it. Is that a lip oil? Um, no, it's a hair oil. Oh, okay, okay. So it's um this uh, black-owned brand um, that does, like, hair oils and, like, shampoos and stuff. And you can buy it at Target. And basically, a few months ago, I got sick, and then all my hair fell out, per. Um, so then I read, and one of my friends told me, uh, Jewel told me that rosemary oil is as effective as, like, Rogaine. So I went ahead and I bought the oil. And it has been working, I think. I can see that, because I think that when I wear hats, it, like, pushes my baby hairs, or, like, my, the head, the hair at, like, the front of my hair. Yeah, my mm-hmm. baby hair, whatever. Um, it pushes it, and then it makes it fall out. But they're growing back, because um, I put it on. I put the hair oil on. So that's a slay. Um And so now my hair, I think, is getting back to normal. Um, it was, like, really thin at one point because all my hair fell out lol and that was not fierce but now it's back to normal kind of so i might give myself baby lights but i don't know we'll see you would yeah reliving reliving faces well it's just because like i get so bored with my hair but then i i get my hair to a lighter state and then i'm like oh i wish i kind of miss my dark hair and then i'll dye it dark again you know, I know you feel I like get, that, bitch. Yeah, because I, like, dyed my hair. I went red. And then, like, two months later, I was like, you know, I think black is for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. And I'm just, like, just fu- fucking buy wigs. But, like, I feel yeah. like wigs are almost more effort and, like, more maintenance than just my natural hair sometimes. So I'm like, Especially I if know. I want it to be laid right. But whatever. Period. But, um, yeah, it, it's because, like, I think that I look more mysterious or my features just look better when i have darker darker hair even though my hair is like it doesn't grow in black it grows in like a medium brown or whatever so i think yeah i just need to figure that out for the summer i literally just redyed my hair like black black um like three weeks ago i think 
like jet black. Yeah, that's the thing, Latifa. It took okay. so much work for her to get to red. Not really. It only took like one session. Yeah, you had to bleach, and then you were only red for like two months, and then you were like back to black. Yeah. yeah, I thought I would like it a lot more, and it looked nice. Don't get me wrong; like my hair looked nice, but I also was like, eh, I think I don't know. Let I think see. I waited too long, and then I was like, yeah, I wanted to do this for months, and then I finally did it, and then I was like, I think I'm over it. Like I think I don't really want to be red anymore. Let me check on Latifah's Instagram because maybe she didn't even post a picture of her red hair. I did, I did, because when I went to Miami, I was red. Oh yeah, okay. That's I, I like know I one, did. two pictures. My hair was red when we took pictures, I think, maybe. No, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven pictures. By Boo Boo's birthday, it was black again. Yeah, it was black again, yeah. Slay. (laughs) Okay, well. There you go. That's me. All right, what's your Um, part in Snap, Tifa? My part in Snap was... um, Okay, I would say my trip, but I'm not going to say it because I'm going to talk about that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching, I think I said this before, but I've been watching like a lot of Resident Evil gameplay um, because the games are too scary for me to play because they're just scary. So mm-hmm. I watched like the go playthrough, like seven or eight hours of game playthrough for seven and then seven or eight hours of village. And now I'm going back and watching videos about like origin stories and like character breakdowns. And like we got home last night. Um, from hanging out, we went to go eat wings and had a couple drinks with Gary and Rath. And I, Miguel started playing on his computer, and then I was like, oh, let me watch this video. And he's like, why are you watching that before you go to bed? And I was like, I don't think it's that scary. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing a lot of. I love to watch gameplay videos because I know that I won't. Really? Never- yeah, because I used to watch Markiplier play Resident Evil. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, because I, I want to You want to watch this, Markiplier? Yeah. I want to know the story, and I know that I'll never buy the game, but I also know that if I do buy the game, I would never, ever finish. Exactly. And I want to know what happens. Because I got to the end. I We kind of mostly played through Resident Evil 7, and I got to the end, and then I chose to not save Mia. I saved Zoe, because I was like, this bitch Mia got me fucked up. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, because she's like, I'm trapped. Come save me. And then she tried to kill me and like whatever. And I know it's not her fault, but like Zoe was there. I don't know. I also had no alliance because I was like, I don't know this bitch. I don't know either of them. Let's say the girl who's been struggling here for like her whole life. Yeah. Um, But that's not how the game actually ends. And then I got to the end and I was like, I don't know what to do. This is too much to figure out. So then I stopped. Oh my God. Yeah. Because then like they'll... They'll, like, in the gameplay, they'll go back and, like, they'll do all the alternate, like, endings. Yeah. I'm not going to do that as a player. I'm lazy. Exactly. No. No, I'm very, very much so the person who, like, gets to the end of the game, and then I'm just like, cool, and then I just won't finish it. Because that's what I did with Spider-Man. Um, the one that came out for PS... The new one that came out for PS4 then was on PS5 as well. I played it, literally got to the last boss, and I have not touched that game in two years. <laughs> Slay. There's a Spider-Man meme where it's like, Spider-Man, save me! And he, like, jumps and falls flat. And he's like, have you seen that one? No. Ugh, never mind then. You just had to be there. I just had to be there when I was not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Like, that, and I've been watching this guy. Let me see if I can find his YouTube. Because um, he does, like, not exposed videos, but kind of, like, um, 
right. He it's called Dreading Crime. Um, mm. and psychological and psychology and he breaks down like all these crazy cases like he did I don't know if anybody knows who Bianca Devins is but she was this like um, like this quote unquote e-girl that kind of had like a small following um, but kind of got wrapped up in um, men who were grooming her and became obsessive about her and like couldn't take no for an answer she ended up being like murdered and then her pictures were posted all over the internet of like her dead body um, the Sherry Pappin um, case, which was the girl who was like Gone Girl, and she would turned out she was like racist and hated Latinos and tried to place her missing case on up to Latino women, um, and then yeah. turns out she just like ran away from her family and was like living with an ex boyfriend because she just wanted a quote unquote break. Um, they did Mark Sailing, the guy who played Puck in Glee, and like his whole case of like his child pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he ended up killing himself. So, and they did Vanessa Gillian. I haven't watched that one yet, but like they do a lot oh, of videos. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One show that I wanted to watch, I think it's called Old Enough on Netflix. Oh. And it is about these little Japanese babies and they send them to go out to do like errands. I mean, they oh. have like a camera crew, but it's like, it's like, it looks cute. So I want to watch that. That looks cute. Cause I love babies. Yeah, yeah. True. Uh, well. Anyway, do you have a rant this week, Tifa? Um, do I have a rant this? You know what? Yes, this is very specific. Um, to this last week, I guess. So okay. and I don't think I've told. I haven't really told the full story. I've just been like, yeah, we were going really, really fast. Um. So I went to, I flew down to Atlanta last Friday and we drove to South Carolina. I met up with some, my internet friends that I've never met before. It was quite the time. Um, Slay. Yes. So I flew <laughs> in and then, um, my friend Alex likes to work on cars and is like a car guy, like Actually. not like a, yeah, like a realized car guy. Um, and he drives really fast, like a whole nine yards, pretty fucking wild. Um, and my friend May also lives in Atlanta. And so I flew down to meet them and then we're going to drive to Columbia. And so we, so May had a, we were going to drive May's car. And I was like, well, Alex can drive because like he drives fast. We can cut down on like the driving time, whatever. Boy, when I tell you that was a mistake, I literally thought I was going to die at least a couple times. So I had traveled, I got to the airport at like 530 that morning. My flight was about two and a half hours, landed at 10. And then we left for Atlanta, probably, or from Atlanta, probably like noonish, noon, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I was just fucking tired because like I didn't sleep well on the plane. I had a middle seat, and like both the people next to me took both of the um, the armrests, so I couldn't like put my arms anymore. I was just like in this tiny ass seat on a spirit plane. Uh, oh, you flew spirit, bitch! Ew. I did. I did. You're sick. Honestly, it's it actually was- not that bad. <laughs> It's really not that bad. Um, and so I was just like, well, okay, tired. wait, hold on. It's not that bad because of the, the price, but you do have to ch- pay for your bag. It's okay if, like, you're traveling, like, alone, like a single person. Right. A family, I wouldn't suggest. And the seats are very uncomfortable. The and also, uncomfortable. there's always yeah. a fight on the, a spirit plane. Bro, you know what? No, I changed my mind. My rant, my rant is about the fucking girl I had to sit next wait, to. Wait, finish, finish your. <laughs> Um, basically, 
basically Alex was driving so fast. Like I kid you not, we probably hit one thirty at least a dozen times on the highway. Ew! What the? Why? And at one point, like I was asleep in the back seat, and all I hear is like, "Alex, Alex, please!" And like we literally almost clipped the back of a jeep, and I was like, "I, I'm gonna die. I just met these people, and I'm gonna die." But like, oh my god, shit was wild. He did not drive on the way back. He did not drive while we were in Colombia, and like that was that. Um, <laughs> but no, let me tell you. Okay, so on my way back, I had flew Spirit again because I just bought like round trip ticket, whatever. Slay, okay. And um, my flight was at like seven, but I got to the airport really early because like Atlanta traffic's pretty bad, um, and my friend was at work. So I just took a lift, and I was like, I'd rather just be here early. The Atlanta airport's huge, so I can, like, find something to do. Not that big of a deal. Yada, yada, blase, blase. And so I go to Ludacris. Apparently has a restaurant in Atlanta. It's called Chicken and Beer after his album. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I went to go sit in there because I was like, well, they have a Popeye's, but I'm like, I can eat Popeye's whenever, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me just go here, which I really should have went to Popeye's because I ended up paying, like, $45 for, like, fried chicken and a drink. Um, Slay airport food and so anyway i am sitting there and i'm sitting at like this bar kind of seating just because mm-hmm. it's just me and i'm on my phone charging my phone charging my portable charger watching pretty little liars minding my business and this girl <laughs> is sat next to me on the plane like, or you're this just, is just this is still at the restaurant Oh, okay. And she's like, oh, is the blah, blah, blah mac and cheese good? And it's not like regular mac and cheese that you would find in the Midwest where it's just like noodles and cheese. It was like a baked mac and cheese, which is very common in the South and like a very black mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was okay. And truthfully, the mac and cheese was okay, but it's not something that I'm not used to. Um, but I was like, it was okay. Like, I'm not sure how you like your mac and cheese, whatever. She's like, oh, well, I won't get that then. Granted, she didn't order any food. So I think she's just trying to talk, which is fine. Totally fine. I'm just not the most social person. Lizzie was not having it that day. She was like, I'm just well, trying to get back home. I literally had just spent the last like 72 hours with people nonstop. And I went to the airport to be like, this is, I went to the Korean bathhouse before, was by myself for a few hours there. And then I was like, I'm going to go to the airport. Nobody's going to talk to me at the airport. It's a fucking airport. And so I was like, ha ah. And then I paid and I left. And then our flight got delayed by like an hour, I think. No, 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me just go find somewhere to charge my phone before we start boarding. And I had paid the $30 to sit in the exit row so I'd have more leg room um, and have mm-hmm. an aisle seat because I was not going to end up in a middle seat again. Like, I refuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally, we are, like, almost done boarding. And, like, nobody's just like, okay, boarding is completed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, lit. I have this whole row to myself. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to talk to anybody. I can sprawl out. So, I, like, move to the window. And I'm sitting there for a couple minutes, and then I see more people get on the plane, and I was like, fuck, okay. So, like, let me move back to the aisle seat. And then, lo and behold, this same girl comes up, and she's like, oh my gosh, it's fate. We are sitting next to each other. Slay. I was like, ah, (laughs) please. And keep in mind, I have only seen, I kid you not, less than 10 white people from the time I landed in Atlanta and by the time I went back to the airport. So now I'm like whitey central and there's, and it was just very, it was just like a very, like all these black people and like some Asian people. Cause I was staying in John's Creek, which is like a lot of heavy Asian population. So it was just black and Asian people. And each time, so I was in Atlanta and then it was just black people when I was in Columbia, which was fine. There was honestly like quite a nice experience. Um, 
And so next she's over here and she starts talking and she has her phone pressed up against the window and is like Snapchatting, I kid you not, the entire like takeoff for like 10 or 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. like we're flying west, so the sun is just coming into the window and I'm like, girl, I'm trying to take a nap. Like you're trying to talk. I don't want to talk. So I'm trying to sleep and you're just recording the window. And looking back, I know this sounds bad, but I don't know if she's all there. I feel like she might have like a social thing, but I also might just be a bitch and just want to think that she's a social thing because she wouldn't shut up. (laughs) That's just me. me. Um, But yeah, she just, she was just recording, recording, recording. And I was like, this is too much. Like I, I just want a peaceful flight. And she also wasn't, she would not wear her mask. Like, oh, but the people on Spirit really didn't say anything to her. Um, so I ended up falling asleep within like 30 minutes after takeoff because I was just like tired because I'd woken up early and was like running around and got to the airport. So I was like, I'm going to take a nap. And honestly, I didn't want to talk to anybody. So I was like, let me avoid this by sleeping. And I wake up and this girl has like four empty Tito's bottles on her tray table. And I'm like, oh, this is the kind of flight that we're doing. And it's only a two hour flight. How do you yeah. drink that much? And like within an hour. So I was like, okay, um, cool. And she also has like an American flag, like pin on her shoes. So I'm like, like, I was like, this is not going to go well. And like, okay, it's not me just being a bitch, but it's like, like just the vibe that I got from her was just so disgusting and annoying. And I was like, she just <laughs> kept talking. She's like, oh my gosh, don't you hate Minnesota? Blah, 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 this. And I was like, okay, I just, I'm just going to go home. And like, it was... I was just so annoyed. And at the end of the flight, she's like, can you grab my bag for me from the overhead bin so I can just have it next to me? I was like, I don't think you're just supposed to have your luggage out if we're not landed. Like, why would you want your luggage on the ground? Like, that's not what you do. And she's like, yeah, but if it's down here, then it's easier for me to just get out and leave. And I was like, yeah, but like, you can't just have a bag like rolling around on the plane. Like, we're not, that's Ew. not what that means. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, I guess that's what they mean when they said you should be putting your things back up there. And I was like, yeah. She was and like, you black. My... Yeah, she's like, you black. You work for me, right? Like, like... And I was like, I'm just gonna, I just put my AirPods back in and I was like, I can't wait to get all this fucking plan. <laughs> and like, I generally, I should you not, when I got to Atlanta, I tweeted, I was like, people who stand up immediately on the airplane are the bane of my existence. Like, I hate them. Oh my God. But I was that bitch when we landed because I was like, get me the fuck out of here. I've never walked so fast in my life to be like, I need to get out of here. I hate you. <laughs> Uh, but that was my plane ride back from Atlanta and I was like it literally was like oh my gosh everything was so peaceful so fun I did all these things and now I'm like back in middle white America and I hate it (laughs) immediately but yeah that was that's my rant I love a window seat why did you pick an aisle I like an aisle because I like to get out I like to have the option to get out uh typically I I would pick a window but I would prefer, I like aisles. I like to have the I like to have control of the window. Yeah, I, so I can close it. <laughs> she also the other thing that she said she's like I'm really upset if I'm not going to be able to catch the sunset because that's why I booked this specific flight. I was like, okay, I guess I don't know. I guess you can do what you want, but I also was like, girl, do you have to? I'm just like, I I can't. She told me her name and she introduced herself and she also reached out to shake my hand on the plane. I was like, girl, it's a pandemic. Did you shake it? Yeah. And then I used hand sanitizer. <laughs> like, right after. I was like, wow, I'm so <laughs> uh, 
I think it's, but I think most of it's just me. And I was like, my social meter was just like completely done. Yeah. And I didn't know how to be like, can you just not talk to me? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like one time I was in a plane and like the people in front of me, there were strangers, but they talked the entire plane ride. Yeah. And I was like, is it that? Are y'all at that interesting? Like, oh my God. But also I was um, flying back from LA to California and I was like sad because the guy that I like didn't like me. <laughs> oh, so I was like, nobody talked to me. Yeah, I was like, no one fucking even look at me, bitch. Um, slay. Big slay moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that's my rant for this week. It was quite the time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a rant? Um, it's like not as fun as yours. <laughs> That's okay. But basically, um, I found I have a new pet peeve, which I also Ooh. don't know what the term pet peeve came from. But um, so my pet peeve is people who litter. Oh, period. I, I hate that for some reason. Cause um, driving here, people have like convertibles because it's like you know hot or whatever. Sorry. What was that? What bitch was that? Um, I knocked down the lighter. Oh. Yeah, so people have um, convertibles. And so I saw this girl next to me driving. And then she just, like, took her, like, trash and, like, threw it out of her window. I'm like, why? Why did you do that? No reason to do it. I have a big-ass trash can in my car. And I keep all my trash in my car. But that's just me. I also have a, a you know, what is, it? what is that? The side panel? The door? Oh, you're like a little door. Um, My thing? door pocket or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, filled with receipts from Boba Places. Period. Latifa knows. <laughs> yeah, same though. Not Boba Places, but yeah, same thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like, why litter? But yeah, it's just something that I found out and I, didn't, I did not like. I guess I... I, that, I oh, go ahead. Go, I was going to say, I hate that in like Minnesota because it snows. When the, all the snow melts, you see all the litter that's accumulated over that people just like threw out during the, into the snow. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the springtime. You're like, that's so disgusting. Yeah. For me, it's just like, why? Like it, you couldn't wait. Like it was so urgent that you had to throw something away. Like why? I understand if it's like food or something. Like if it's biodegradable, it's fine. But like, yeah, it's like a banana peel. Like we saw yeah. somebody throw a banana peel outside of a drive through and we're like, oh my God, they're littering. And then we drove past. And I was like, oh, it's a banana peel. I'm not that upset now, I guess. Yeah. It's annoying. Big sleigh. Um, what do we do now? <laughs> I'm like, what are we, what is this show about exactly? Um, should we take a break? Yes, let's take a short break. Okay, great. Slay. Slay. Hey, y'all, we're back. We're back. Hello. Yes. So I think um, recently in one of the previous episodes, Latifah has been hyping up her um, meet, her trip. Tumblr gang meetup trip. Um, so she's going to talk about it. It was honestly also, so wait, can much you talk fun. about Can you talk about how you met them? I know you probably said it, but like Tumblr. Yeah, so full recap. Um, so about six-ish years ago, um, okay, full story. About six-ish years ago, I had, I gone to, or I was just active on Tumblr. and Which we I, talked about on Tumblr. Yes. We, I lived for Tumblr. Tumblr was like my bitch. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, But I also wasn't, like, socially active. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, engage with a lot of people or, like, talk to a lot of people. 
So like randomly, I think there was some post that was like, oh, reblog. I think it was during like Black History Month or something. And it was like reblog if you want to be added to like a group me group. And so I reblogged it or commented on it and I was added. Um, and I started talking to all these people. And like this was during a time where I think I'd just gone through like a breakup and just like realizing I was like, I've been like wasting my time on like these men. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. And I was like looking for a way out because what people probably don't know or remember is that like i almost moved to alabama because i met these people and was like i'm just gonna go to alabama fuck Mm -hmm. minnesota i hate it here and i literally was like running from my problems um but i met these people and like we most of some of us just like clicked um, because the group probably was anywhere between like 20 to 50 people at any given time um but like i went to go see the trip was supposed to be for like seven of us ended up being just four five of us and then six that would already live there in a sense and like we don't talk to her on a regular basis but now she's in the group chat um so we had all planned we'd always talked about like oh we should all meet up whatever but like a lot of us were in college just broke and like it was just kind of like oh you're just talking like very much catfish like oh we should meet up and then like nobody does anything about it Mm -hmm. um and so one of our friends got pregnant this last year and she's due in May. And as like kind of almost like a joke, kind of oh like my how God, we always say that's soon. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be so fun if like all of us went to the baby shower and everybody was kind of like, you know, yeah, like, like, act, like, actually, like, let's do it. And I'd asked him, I was like, how did, how do we even end up here? Um, cause it wasn't until I started being like here, Airbnbs, here are the prices. Like we could definitely do this. Um, that people were like, oh, this is like real. Like we're actually going to plan this out. Um, because even I was there, I was like, can you guys really believe that we did this? And we're like, this is like so wild. Like none of this should happen. Like none of us should be alive. Like this is not okay. Um, but yeah, we just kind of like planned it after so many Wait, years. what do you like, mean you shouldn't be alive? Cause like you're going to just go meet random ass people you've never uh, met on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like my parents because i my mom dropped me off at the airport she's like please do not get drunk around these people like you don't really know them whatever whatever and i was like mm, okay um that didn't happen there were so many times like i got we got okay so i flew to atlanta like i said and i had flown um and i went to my friend's apartment and then from there our friend picked us up and we went back to her house and because she had to grab her stuff and then we left for columbia and, like, this is all my first time meeting all of these people, but it wasn't awkward, like, at all. Like, it was only awkward in a sense when I sat and thought about it. I was like, we've never met. Like, none of us, like, technically, I could say that we're all strangers. Like, not, we don't really know each other, know each other. Like, we've never met before. Yes, I've talked to you guys on FaceTime, like, n- hundreds and hundreds of times. Yes, you guys know, like, a lot about me. And, like, we all know a lot about each other's personal lives because it's just, Don't like, they send, like, that gif of me and you dancing all the time? All the time. I feel like that's pretty... They love making fun of me. I hate that. <laughs> Can you crop <laughs> me out of that and just send Tifa? Oh my god. Wow. That's so rude. I don't want to, I don't want to be in there either. But, yeah, it, it's been... It was really cool. And I, a couple people didn't end up making it. And it was really sad because I think they were kind of like... They were bummed out that they missed out. But I told them, I was like, we should do like a yearly trip now. Because like, it's really rare for people to, one, be friends for like six plus years. Um, mm-hmm. And then be able to meet up and like... It was so weird. Like, as soon as, like, one of us would leave, I was like, oh, my gosh, I miss them. Like, I really miss. Like, that was actually really cool. And it was a good balance because I think all of us aren't the most, like, 
social social like a lot of us are kind of introverted so mm-hmm. there were times where we'd be like yeah let's go do all these things and then we come back and then everybody just be like in the living room and we'd just be on our phones for like an hour until someone like until people were like recharged enough to be like okay let's hang out <laughs> yeah is, which is a good dynamic because i think that that's important because sometimes people are just like so pressing to be like let's do this let's do this mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Um, but it was overall it was really fun trip like we i went to head bojangles for the first time um, mm-hmm. which is just like a chicken place. It's good, though. They said it wasn't as good as it typically was, but I was like, I get it. Like, it's better than Popeye's and, like, anything else. So that was cool. We made breakfast. Um, our Airbnb was nice. Um, we watched Shrek on Friday, and I passed out. Um, <laughs> Saturday was the baby shower. And, like, we walked in the baby shower, and it was just my friend's family and, like, really close friends. So when we walked in, people were like, who the hell are all these people? <laughs> yeah, like, who? And yeah, but it was really nice. We like met her and her mom um, that we've only known through like Facebook posts the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we all like hung out Saturday. We went to breakfast on Sunday, and that was mostly the trip. And then yeah, Sunday I just kind of went back to my friend's house in Atlanta. Um, Monday I went to the Korean bathhouse, and then I flew back home. But it was so fun. Like I miss them, and it's weird because like a week ago we were all together, and now it's kind of like oh, that was it. Mm-hmm. Lativa is inspired to move now. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Like I said earlier, from the time I landed, it wasn't until I think like Sunday when we went back to Atlanta that I was like, I haven't seen any white people this entire trip. Like not even like at the grocery store, not at like Walmart, not anywhere. And I was like, bro, that's so crazy. Um because like obviously minnesota i would be lucky to maybe see like one or two black people in an establishment depending on where i'm going you know mm-hmm. um so it's so crazy and like not only that but like i don't know i think um being around people who are like-minded like you and like um, we were talking about it last night when we went out um like atlanta and georgia is kind of coming me more diverse and like more people in our age range are moving there um well do you like like, what do you like atlanta because you like atlanta or do you like atlanta because like your friends and them were there um, i think it's kind of both like i like the idea it was kind of like an la but with more um because my whole my gripe about la is that like the la is kind of segregated and atlanta is too to an extent um but LA doesn't have like middle class black people it's either like impoverished or like kind of just at poverty line or just like crazy rich and like there's not like a middle ground um but i feel like you do get that in atlanta and it's still diverse where it's like i saw Sengalese restaurants i saw peruvian restaurants there are like numerous indonesian restaurants and like indonesian grocery stores and it's still like a bigger city but like where my friend stays is like a smaller area but they still have a lot to offer um there are good companies there it's different i also like Miguel and I have been toying with the idea where it's like, why do we live in Minnesota? And it's really just because, like, oh, our parents are here. But, like, neither of our parents want to retire here. So there's really not, like, a whole – there's not, like, a huge tie for us to be here for the rest of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of sad because I do like, I do consider Minnesota home. And I do enjoy it here. But I'm also, like, there's so much more out in the world. And, like, I don't know. Well, Latifa has never lived outside of Minnesota. Yeah. And, like, she's never – she's also never lived – Outside of like, I never lived outside like a twenty mile. Area, I guess. Yeah, I've only lived within like a twenty mile radius my entire life. Yeah, 
I think it's ex- I think it's important to experience what it is like to live outside of where you are from. Um, I don't know. I think that when I decide, why are you playing with the lighter? <laughs> Stop! Don't judge me. Um, I think when I I knew that I wanted to move because um, I I came to California when I was uh, young, like when I was seven or no eighteen, nineteen, um, to do like my freshman year, and I felt really happy that I could just be myself and do whatever I wanted to do um, and not, like, hide stuff from my family and, like, make, I guess, new friends or whatever. Um, and I had a lot of fun, but then I also was, like, right now my biggest priority is school and the school was not schooling. Um, and so I came back to Minnesota and I knew that I wanted to go back because I just felt like it was too short of a time like I my time there wasn't spent well and like I felt like it was unfinished and so when I decided to move back finally or actually when, when I was in Minnesota I knew that I wanted to go back to California because I got really really depressed and I was like it's just mm-hmm. not the same in Minnesota and even though my family is here it's just it's not where I wanted to be at the time and um I knew that I wanted to move back. And then when I had decided that I wanted to move back, I was like, okay, I'm set a time for me to move. Um, I was in between jobs, so I was looking for a job anyway. And I was like, this is the perfect time for me to go because there's nothing really tying me back back to Minnesota right now. Um, and then now living, in, now living in California, I am, you know, really happy that I live here. It was very hard to make friends and start my life anew. Um, but I think after my grandpa and my aunt passed away, and because it's so expensive to live here, I do find that Minnesota is probably going to be my forever home. So I'm probably going to go back there. Also because my biggest fear is that, um, I'll come back to visit like my grandma or my mom or my dad. And suddenly like, they're like so old. And I'm like, I should have, I feel like I should have like, you know, spent the time with my mom, especially when she was younger and she could do stuff instead of like, you know, hanging out here in California, barely making ends meet because like, it's so expensive to live here. So that's what I feel like right now, but I am still having fun because I'm fierce and young and slay. Um, but, but the whole experience you know, moving back and forth and then also figuring out what I like and what I don't. And then also my uh, family members passing away really helped me uh, bring that into light. Um, we'll see. Right now I'm single, so big period poo. Um, no, no one's signed me down here. So if I move back, it's like whatever. True. Also my job, but whatever. Yeah, and that's my thing. Because Calvin was like, why don't you just move now? And I'm like, well, I don't have a job right now. And like... Um, Oh, I didn't have a job either when I moved. Yeah, I know, but like I was like slay. Um, I know, but like Miguel obviously is like tied to the restaurant, so like that's not really like a oh, strong, yeah. strong option like right now in the moment. But we've talked I about mo- it. I moved and like I had no money. <laughs> I was like slay. Um, I basically moved because that that um, the year. I quit my job at the hospital lab because I was like, bitch, I don't care about people. And I was like, I, maybe I'm going to go to grad school. But then I didn't get into grad school. Oh, and then that was another reason why I was like, let me just move. Because I didn't get into grad school, so why am I staying here? 
Right. So then I worked like a summer job at uh, a greenhouse because that's when I stole all the flowers for Joel's wedding. Period. Period. And um, and then I saved up my money, and my mom actually paid for my the rental car, which was like a thousand dollars, because it's more expensive to do a one way than it is to do a round trip. And Joel yeah. and Ethan were gonna fly back. Um, and I was like, Mom, you have to pay for that because I don't have any money. And then um, I think that my dad paid for my first month <laughs> of rent. Um, and then I immediately started working because um, I got, I actually had a job lined up here with the Department of Agriculture. So I immediately started working. Um, and I just had to like work really, really hard. And I had to ask for money sometimes too from like um, Eileen and. Um, my grandma and my mom. Um, but I guess, well, I'm thinking about it. If you moved here, you would have Miguel's family, but out in Atlanta, you don't really have, I think we have like one well, aunt, right? I have, I have one cousin, her and her family live there. Um, and she's like, I guess she's probably closer to 40 now. Um, and she has like three young kids. Yeah. So like I have some family there and then I have friends there. Um, I have, a, I have an aunt here too, but it's like, I don't know you. Yeah, and, like, Miguel's not super, super close to his family in L.A., but, yeah, like, they're definitely out there. But I also, I just don't think I want to live in California. I know that sounds like... Oh, yeah, I was saying Atlanta for yeah. you. Because, like, Atlanta, I think it's... I Because because it is where it is and, like, the layout. Like, it only took us three hours to drive to South Carolina. Like, I have an uncle who lives in South Carolina. Um, it's also a short flight from Minneapolis if, like, I needed to go home or my parents wanted to come by. Um and I don't know. It's, like, also close to, like, other places in the South. But the one thing that I'm kind of set off by is that, like, once I leave Atlanta, like, you're just in the South. Yeah. And, like, that's that. But, like, the cost of living is cheaper. It's less. Um, so it's you're able to do that. Like, crime rates are up slightly more. But, like, Minneapolis crime rates, according to some people, mm. have gone up, too. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm not really concerned, concerned in that aspect. Mm. But, yeah. Well, it's on board, so I'm like, okay. It's also important because also Latifah has only been there once for only like yeah, a few days. Yeah, I've only been there once and I was I didn't spend most of my time in yeah. Atlanta. Because it's, it's very different because when I used to vacation here in California, I would be like, this is so much fun and it's fierce and I'm having fun all the time. But then when moving here, I'm like, all my friends are working. I'm working all the time. I don't have time to like go out and do fun stuff and like tourist stuff and whatever see and that's the thing it's about like a... california too is like if you you have to hang out and like be where you are and live where that is in like that 10 15 mile radius because it takes too long to go anywhere else oh no i'm just saying that like when you have a vacation it's different from living there yeah you do all the fun true. stuff on vacation when you live there you live there and you see like what happens every day and like whatever else um but yeah i think it would be fun for you to like live and then it would it would at least for like a few months, I guess. Um, and it would like clear your vision of like, oh, what do I really want to do? Like, do I want to go? Because I know that for Latifah, it was like her big thing to move to Minneapolis and like, you know, fight for the community there. You know, living in Atlanta, it might be like, maybe that is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Or and whatever. that's what I talked to Miguel about too is like, oh, well, if we move, like, are we really just abandoning everything here? And I was like, well, no, like, the community in Atlanta is like just as wild and if not wilder than Minneapolis sometimes. Cause like people in Atlanta literally took down the CNN building. <laughs> so like, they don't fuck around out here either. Um, and like the whole Stacey Abrams, um, her whole election and everything and how that went. And like, 
um, I don't know. I think it's becoming like a bigger metropolis for people of color to like move to. Uh, apparently, it's very LGBTQ friendly. I think it's rated like number three in this country behind like San Francisco and Seattle or something or Portland, one of the two. Ew, uh, Portland. I know, right? But um, yeah, it's it's diverse. It does have like a decent amount of Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 companies. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think it's also just like, it also could just be me like coming back from vacation and being like, wow, I really could live here. But mm-hmm. I know I say that after like every vacation, but I think it's mm-hmm. genuinely like, I think I would be okay if I lived there. Um, it's on the so. list, you guys. Yeah. So I it's don't not, know. She's, we'll not, she's not moving tomorrow. No. And I think it'd probably be like a good like two to five year plan. Like I still want to buy a house this year. Um, I don't think we're going to buy a house in Minneapolis just because it's like too expensive. Housing market is like literally shit right now. Um, I have to situate some things out and like we'll probably be living south suburbs. So like still not crazy far from where we live right now. Um, But I don't know. I'm not against it. And Miguel's not against it either. Mm -hmm. We're all just we're just kind of like there's just so much going on. And we're all trying to like plan things out in our lives right now where it's kind of like. Well, and you never know, really. Miguel yeah. might be like, I have to stay for my restaurant or whatever. Or it could burn yeah. down. And you'd be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? But yeah, that was my trip. I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to go back. I went like roller skating and like a roller rink. And like people out there, like the skating culture is so wild and like so I was real. Like, I barely saw you roller skate. You made a I video of like. I skating once. Well, because I can only skate in the circle. Like, I'm not, I can't do tricks. Yeah, they were like going learn. backwards. They were like doing all this. I was like, oh, that's a little they too were much doing, for like, me. Dances. They're doing all this like crazy stuff. And it was so cute. And it was so cool. And me and my friend were like, yeah, we can't do that. But like, I want to learn. Um, so we had like some good encouragement. And it was fun. Like, Didn't you buy roller skates? I bought roller skates during COVID. Yeah. So that was the third time I wore them when I went out to Atlanta. Slay. And you brought them? Yeah, because Alex was like, we're, we're going to go skating. And I was like, I guess I should bring mine. Those are heavy. Um, okay. They take I a checked lot of space. my bag okay. anyway. And my, ba- my bag has like a whole compartment for shoes. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was like, I might be able to like learn and pick up skating. I think I just have to like put some time and effort into it. And we'll see if that happens. But okay. it was fun. I Miss enjoyed Roll it. Bounce over here. Okay. Yeah. Hello. This is me um, from the Below Music video. Yeah. Um, oh my god but yeah, it was cute Slay. i had a lot of fun i was like it's kind of sad to go and like but i also was like i'm glad to be like this weekend people were, like what are you doing i was like i'm recovering from being social like all mm-hmm. last all this last week mm-hmm. so today i'm like i might just go home and not do anything and then tonight i have to go hang out with people so i'm like okay what yeah i'm gonna go hang out with some um some people from the movement and stuff oh. and do that and then Sunday. I'm gonna try not to do anything because it's Easter Sunday. But who gives a fuck? It's not me. Slay. Yeah. Um. But yes. Well, let's get to the topic of today. Sorry, that's been like so much. It's been a wild like last two weeks and like I don't know. I also didn't post a lot when I was in um, on my trip. I thought I would post more, Mm-mm. but a lot of it was just like hanging out, playing Nintendo. You Switch. reposted. I did repost some things, yes. Um, but yeah. Um, but so today is 
April 16th, the day that we are recording this. Um, and it's been about a year um, since Dante Wright was wrongfully murdered by Officer Kim Potter, who was unfortunately only given two years for his death. Um, and this topic was brought up by a friend of ours who was like, oh, you should talk about it. Um, mm because it has been a year and like yeah. she also wanted to talk about like uh how that affects friendships and stuff and difference of opinions yes like, yes 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 because it does to do that um so you weren't here when it happened right you were in california april 11 2021 um where was i i think i might have been here wait you were in yeah. california Okay, I don't really know where I was, to be honest. I'm pretty sure you were back because you you were coming back because Eileen hadn't passed. I think this is after my grandpa. When? No, because your grandpa passed in September. Yeah. September. Okay, yeah, I was back here. Yes. Yeah, so he was in California. Oh, yeah, sorry, because this is when it, around the time I bought Doja Car, I think. Yeah, because I think you were still in California. And, I think. Ooh. I tried to move in the chair, and the chair slid away. Okay, cool. <laughs> my ass. Um, but yeah, so a year ago, I remember, um, ironically so, there was a, um action for the celebration of Justin Tygen's birthday, who was wrongfully murdered and thrown into a garbage can in St. Paul um, a number of years ago. And his birthday party was going on, and they were doing like a... Um, like a picnic in the park because unfortunately it was a lot nicer than it is right now in Minnesota. It was like 60s, 70s already. But right now we're like struggling to get to 40. Uh, so period. Um, and I remember, I don't remember why Miguel and I didn't go. Um, I think we were planning to go later, but I think Miguel was also just like trying to take a break at the time. And I also was kind of like, you know, like I can't go to everything and I'm okay not going like it's really nice and like wanted to support um but we were just at home that day just hanging out and um people started getting calls and um were notified about Dante Wright and um how he was shot in Brooklyn Center um mm -hmm. and I think it was just during like a regular traffic stop and something about his, he had like an air freshener mm -hmm, hanging yeah. in his, um, off of his mirror. And he was shot by Officer Kim Potter. And he's like a 20 year old guy. Um, so this is like really devastating because then the police just left his body like in the street for a while. Um, and so everybody who is like currently celebrating like a celebration of life for someone is completely interrupted by the killing of someone else like not too far from where they were at. Um, and so everybody's like freaking out. Everybody's like getting to Brooklyn center and immediately, like I remember one of the biggest things was immediately after they had killed him, um, the Brooklyn center police department put up their blue lives matter flag, um, with like the thin blue line. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, like you guys just killed somebody. And now you're just like, it's like gloating. Well, like, yeah, yes. Like, we took somebody's life. Yes. They're like, like that's yes, kind of, queen. Yes. And that's kind of the message it was sending. So, obviously, people are pissed. Um, I did not go out to Brooklyn Center 
um, at all. Like Miguel went out basically every night and obviously that's where Miguel had gotten arrested. I don't know if I've talked about that on this podcast. Yeah, maybe you could talk about that. Um, it's the Brooklyn Center was like, yeah, it's been a year. It was pretty, from what I know and from what I talk about with people, it was pretty traumatic. Um, just because you're getting, you're getting tear gassed and fucking um, flashbangs and rubber bullets being shot at you. Like we have a friend who was shot with like multiple rubber bullets um, and just basically like robocopped with rubber bullets. And like we joke about it, but like it's also like really fucked up that that happened. Um, and you think about like all the apartments, like police were shooting tear gas and rubber bullets into apartments where like children are because like kids are coming to their windows being like, what is all this ruckus? Because like... Um, Brooklyn Center was seeing at least two, three thousand people turn out for like a week, mm-hmm. um, just trying to like protest and like hold space. Um, there was a church from where they were holding space, like not too far down, and that's where the church was like housing people and um, kind of like letting them use it as is it the word solace? Is that the correct word I'm looking for? I don't know, um, but as like a safe haven um, during all of this. Um, and now that it's been a year, like Kim Potter only got two years. She's smiling in her mugshot that her's getting her booked to go to prison. Um, and what I think people don't realize or recognize either is that she was, um, a key player in Kobe Heisler's murder. Um, and Kobe Heisler was a native, um, native American, um, man who was, I think I want to say maybe on the autistic spectrum or had some mental health issues um, who had been killed. And Kim Potter was the first person to be like, erase your um, footage on your cameras, like do this, don't talk to these people, whatever, whatever. Um, and his murder ended up being, his story is like the police were called because he was having a, um, like a mental health crisis mm-hmm. and after his family had gotten him to settle down they called the police back and was like hey we're actually okay like don't come if you come you're probably just gonna upset him and it's totally fine like just stay out of the way and they show up anyway and then they kill him like execution style for being in the house for like 12 minutes so like those are things that are happening and she was tied to that murder as well mm-hmm. um so now like a year later i think a lot of people who are involved um with being on the front lines are kind of just traumatized and having to relive the trauma knowing that like she really kind of she really did get away with murder to be quite honest oh no she totally did yeah so it's just like it, it's so wild as i remember um the night that miguel got arrested i remember looking at him and i was like can you please like not go tonight like this is a lot like sometimes i just need to be comforted and just like knowing that everything else is going on like i don't need you to subject yourself to being in harm's way because then like i have to go through all of that and like Mm -hmm. to me that's not fair um to myself because like that's a weird thing about like fighting for justice is sometimes like you doing that is putting those your loved ones and those like people of color in your life at risk and at jeopardy for doing the same thing for the people you're fighting for Mm -hmm. and for some people like they're okay with that but for some it's like well why would you want me to go through that and so it's like a it's a whole back and forth but I told him, I was like, can you like not go out for as long? Like, can we talk about this? And he was like, I'll come back in a couple hours. Like I won't go for that long, whatever. Lo and behold, he ended up getting arrested. Slay. Um, yeah. So as soon as I got word that he got arrested, 
I actually, I like left. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do, mm-hmm. but I like left and I started driving towards Brooklyn Park and I called, or Brooklyn Center. I called Gary because Gary yeah. lives in Brooklyn Park, which mm-hmm. is right next to Brooklyn Center. And I was like, hey, can I come over for a little bit? Because it was a weekend. I think it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just being like, okay, I'll just go over there and some maybe they'll just drop him off. Because um, for George Floyd, they were just kind of arresting people and just dropping them off in the middle of nowhere. And they weren't, like, booking them or sending them to, like, actual jail. They were just, like, charged and, like, okay, you're free to go. Um, so I figured that that's what was going to happen that night. So I'm, like, driving on maybe 212 um, and trying to get off in Brooklyn Center. But, like, you can't get off. The police have blocked literally any exit off the highway. So I finally can get off and I'm like taking the streets to try to find Gary's house in Brooklyn Park. Mm-hmm. And then we're getting there and being like, I just don't know what to do. A couple of people had called me um, on the way. They're like, yeah, we saw Miguel got arrested, but like we were able to get away. And I was like, why would you tell me that? Like you saw him get arrested. You didn't do anything and you just ran away. Um, so I had issues with that. And like people were like, oh, my gosh, all these things. And I'm like. And they're like, but are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you're just telling me this information. I'm not, I'm just supposed to have like an answer for you um, right away. So it was, it was a lot. I remember I got to Gary's house uh, and I was hanging out with Gary for a while. I ended up cutting his hair. Slay. Okay. (laughs) Why? I don't know. But I think after like, it hit like 1 a.m., 1.30, I was like, okay, he's probably just going to be put to jail like i can't do anything about it so i like went back to his house um and i got back and his mom was still up like watching live streams because she saw him get arrested on the live stream she Uh, did because someone had called her and told her that he gotten arrested like one of someone from an organization that he's a part of Mm -hmm. um how do they know? They're just like, we have a list of everyone that got arrested? So they that, just... they stay, they saw it happen, and I think Miguel had listed her and myself as emergency contacts. Uh-huh. The organization that called Miguel's mom had a lot better um, communication and like setup for things for that to happen, because I just got a message from someone that Miguel was with. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that that happened. But it should have been like a whole chain of things happening. But I think Miguel's mom also just watched him get arrested because she was watching um, the live streams that night. And she saw his motorcycle on the ground. Oh, right. And like his helmet and everything and was like, what is going on? Because she I had already left. So she had ran out because um, his little sister and her boyfriend had just gotten home. She's like, something's wrong. Miguel's arrested. Like we have to do something like she's hysterical and like trying to figure things out. So I was already out from the house and I got back. And I was like, hey, I think Miguel's okay. Um, he is in jail. I'm going to try to figure it out and like call in the morning and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, that was that Friday. And I they did that that Friday. So they were, because they knew more and more people were just going to come out Saturday. So I think they knew if they were going to arrest like busloads of people that it would probably sh- like shy them away from doing that. Um, but he ended up getting released, I think, Saturday afternoon. Um because they didn't have enough space for to hold everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was Miguel's arrest story. Sorry, Miguel, if you don't want me to tell that, but here we are. Big um, slay energy, Miguel. Yeah. So that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know that like Kim Potter's whole defense was like she was like taser, and then she shot him with a gun, which is wild because like as a 
as a senior officer for what like 30 years she was on the force like for you to confuse your taser and your gun especially when a taser is a lot lighter than a gun and you still shoot and kill somebody um it's kind of wild um yeah i thought that was the most bullshit excuse that i've ever heard in my whole entire life a taser taser i don't even know her um and i when i first read that that this happened, I already knew that she wouldn't get that much time, and I actually thought that she wouldn't get charged at all because I knew that um, she's a white woman, and yeah. um, I just knew that you know white women's tears are very, very weaponized and weaponizable. So I just knew that she wouldn't get that much time, even though her excuse was so lame too. But um, and it's the same feeling I felt when. Um, it's a it's a very general feeling if you're a minority, if you're a person of color, if you're gay or whatever. Um, it's the same feeling I felt when I when those people brought those guns out at me and I had to report it. I was like, nothing nothing's gonna happen. I'm like, why am I reporting this? Nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and it's upsetting. And um, I actually remember when Latifa told us that Miguel had got arrested, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Obviously, I'm not there, so I really don't know what's going on um but i'm i'm glad that um at least gary was there for you and with you so thanks gray yeah thanks gray Slay. yeah it was such a wild like because i know people it was literally like people miguel would get off work and like go and like a lot of people were getting off work and just going and like for whatever reason i just didn't have it in me anymore because we'd gone out the first week of george floyd and like i knew i saw a lot of things and i knew i was put in situations where i was like I'm not going to be Jamba Juice. I know. Um, yes, Queen. <laughs> I'm not going to be Rasmus. helping. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to just be a liability because, like, I'm not going to be someone who's going to be, like, get up in a cop's face and, like, willingly get arrested. And, like, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not good for jail. I just don't think I would, I don't think I would do <laughs> I, well. My jail era. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's this constant push and pull be- of in Latifah's mind of, like, I want to go out and support, but at the same time, I don't want to die. Yeah, and it, like, my mom has the same thing, but uh, it's harder because it's Latifah and Miguel, and Miguel like goes out and stuff. Yeah. Um, and surprise, it happened. Miguel got arrested um, right. last year, but I mean, he also could have gotten He's, killed. It, so yeah. So and don't get me wrong, like he didn't get arrested for like a bad reason. Like he got arrested because he believes in like. He believes that Dante Wright should still be alive and that Kim Potter should have never shot him and like all yeah, did of they, this. Did they did they like what him. is it called? Did they kettle him or whatever? Um What is it called? No. Yeah, so that that one wasn't a kettling. Um that happened during the election arrests, the six four six, um, where they kettled them onto the highway and then just arrested everybody. There. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um but no, this one was just like they were just able to catch him. I won't go into details because I don't know if I can talk about stuff like that, but mm-hmm. He was essentially... He got got. Yeah, he got got by, like, four or five officers were, like, on his back. Um, He was zip-tied. His zip-ties were too tight um, because, like, his hands started to go numb. Um, He was thrown onto a bus. Like, nobody's wearing masks. Like, very much, like, not safe. He had just gotten his COVID, his second COVID shot, I think, that day and, like, Mm -hmm. a tattoo, like, the day before. Um, Okay, this man is wild. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it was just, it was an interesting, interesting time. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it was, 
it was a lot and it sucks because like Kim Potter's gonna be free probably within the next like 10 months um and isn't that so wild that's like oh gross it's so gross and like you know nothing you know that nothing is really gonna come of it like you know that she's probably just gonna get another job somewhere Mm -hmm. she might not be allowed to be like be out on the field but she can probably get a decently paying job as a cop somewhere else in a different city and that's that because like i don't know no and what what's crazy is that i feel like people are going to forget like kim potter i feel like people already have forgotten yeah i just feel like people are going to be like who's the cop we all know who died but who was the cop again and she can live her life and be not like mysterious but like just unknown and forgotten about even though she's killed you know how many people she's 50 she's almost 50 um let's see she can retire she can Kimberly Ann Potter, a white woman from Champlin, Minnesota, um, was a 48 year old police officer in Brooklyn Center Police Department, mother of two children. She had worked for the police department since 1995 after finishing at St. Mary's University in 1994. She was a field training officer and was training new officers at the time of the incident. And that's what's really fucked up is that she is training other police officers and she doesn't know the difference between her left and her right. And well, hey now hey 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 <laughs> yeah that's why you can't be a police officer because you don't I know the difference and i wouldn't want to <laughs> so it's it's shit like that where it's like she is someone who has not only been on the force for what i was born in 1995 26 years and is also training people to do the same things and have all these tactics and she can't even distinguish and on her own and I know a lot of people are like, well, when you're caught up in the moment, you just make mistakes. I'm like, that is not something that you can be caught up in the moment and make mistakes. And mm-hmm. the thing that pissed me off about it is that someone that reposted that was a NICU nurse. And I was like, oh, so if you're caught up in the moment, and you have a child and you give them the wrong medication, they fucking die. You should just be let off because like, that's what you're saying. There was a whatever about that, a case about that. Yeah. Redonda, right? Or Redonda, the nurse. Which one? Um, so basically she, um, there was a nurse called, her name was Redonda and she, um, administered the wrong medication, but people were like, well, it wasn't, was it her fault? It was her fault kind of, but at the same time that the hospital tried to cover it up. So it's also the hospital's fault. So oh, now was she's, she like on a super long shift or something? And it's like, yeah, oh. she's like on a super long shift or whatever. And she like typed in the medication, but the medication has two different names. It has the brand name and also the generic name because okay. you know like it's like thailand hello bless you <laughs> bless you bitch <laughs> um you know like tylenol is like ibuprofen or whatever yeah and uh whatever and so she typed in the wrong name um and so the medication that she typed in was wrong why did i keep fucking saying that the medication was wrong and the medication she typed in was wrong and... <laughs> yes he was a monk man he's a man that's a monk <laughs> and <laughs> And, um, so the medication she gave, like, made the person go into, like, uh, it, like, become paralyzed and, like, couldn't breathe. And so then, basically, um, she was like, should I file a a report because I made a mistake? And then the, her supervisor was like, no, don't do it. And so she didn't do it. And then she got fired and whatever else. And there's a whole criminal trial. But the thing is that the family doesn't want her to go through the criminal trial because she's like, she already got fired. She already got her license taken away. What else can happen? And so the big controversy is that the hospital failed to um, 
basically report it because they were supposed to report anything that happened that was like bad. And then the hospital tried to cover it up. So people are like, why don't, why is Redonda Wright taking the fall for this? Because it's going to force um, other nurses to be like, I don't want to say anything if anything goes wrong. And it's going to force um, people not to want to be nurses anymore. Which is already a statistic. I think it's been projected that more, there's going to be less people in healthcare after this pandemic and stuff. Oh, 100%. I know that there are so many nurses, even just from like um, the clinic that I've been working at, that have all like just left or people are just wanting to change because we did go through this really nice um, era of the pandemic where people are like, yeah, nurses are our front, like, front yeah. line and like nurses they're important. slay. Yes. Yeah, we, we also went through, went through this- a, a phase of like, Grocery store workers are people too. Slay. Which is so wild. I was like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they've been people, but work. And then they were like, yes. and then we were like, you don't deserve a minimum wage, bitch. Or whatever. Yeah. It was all of that. And like, same with like teachers. People are like, oh my gosh, teaching is so hard. Like, not everybody can do this. Give teachers all the money. And like, <laughs> yeah. all of that went out the window as soon as masks weren't required. I was like, y'all are literally psycho. But okay. Um, but yeah, we went through that whole thing where, like, nurses deserve more and, like, all these things. And, like, nurses do get put through a lot of, like, really shitty hours and, like, overnights and, like, all these long hours. Nurses shifts. are wild. I used to work at a hospital, you guys. T, all right? Doctors are not employed by the uh, hospital. They're employed by, like, a contract or something, but they're not actually employees of the hospital. So when something goes wrong, when you have a question, when an order is wrong... It is always the charge nurse. It's always the head nurse in the room in the OR that gets in trouble. It's never the doctor. And Isn't that so fucked. It is so fucked up because sometimes things are like, hey, I would have to call in the OR and be like, hey, is this the right or the left lung? It says right lobectomy, but you put in left. And the nurse would be like, oh, yeah, well, the doctor said it was a left. And then I would have to be like, is it right or left girl like we need to know and so when we call in the room and we have to talk to someone face to face it's always the nurse it's never the doctor the doctor is actually doing the procedure they would know but it's always a nurse that has to like take the fall for the doctor and they get screamed at by the doctor especially if the doctor is a male period um and it's like crazy one time we had like a sorry this is a tangent but one time we had um a doctor come in and he did like a, a breast lump and he you're supposed to dye each side of the breast lump so that we know like when you take it out like red is for posterior and like black is for anterior so we know like the how it faces Where it's coming from. Yeah. yeah and he like did it all wrong and so um the way he came in and he was like i'm right and especially because the pa that we're working with was a woman he was like i'm right you're just a pa and it was crazy and he also was a regular at that YMCA that I went to. So it was weird weird seeing him all the time. And also, he wore the same outfit every day at the gym. And I was like, I know you're close, stink bitch. And I know you're not watching that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's that. But yeah, nurses, whatever. They slay. They do. Um, And I also want to draw attention. So um, the judge who gave um, Kim Potter her sentence was a Asian woman. Unfortunately, yes, <laughs> not not a good look. If I could she said it, something. What did she say, Diva? She said something crazy. She was like, "It was it was a mistake or something." Yeah, I was like, "It was just an accident." Um, she's actually retiring. Sorry, um, but she, 
She's 70 and she, she she's retiring. Put the lighter month. down. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, but no, she's retiring next month. She, she announced her retirement like not too long ago. Um, but she's been a judge for quite some time. I'm trying to find like more background information on her because I'm like, are you like a first, um, like you first generation? Like, what is it? And like, well, because like she said something crazy. She was like, you know what? It was an accident. And so uh, she was like, it, it's sad that he's dead, but it was an accident. And I was like, yeah, so it was vehicular manslaughter, but, you know, let's lock those bitches up too. Exactly. That's what I don't understand. Like, even if it was an accident, someone has to pay for that accident. Like, in two years is not enough time. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't... Sorry. I just wanted to say, like, like, things like that, like, it's like, when I equate that to, like, vehicular manslaughter, like, a DUI... I still do think that people should be locked up for having a DUI and they killed someone. And oh, my dad has had two DUIs. And if he killed someone, I'd be like, go to jail. You've had two exactly. DUIs. You need to be locked up if you kill someone. I don't know what you thought you would were doing driving home drunk, girl. Okay. No. And so that's why it's shitty because it's like you think about things like that. Like we have a former mentor who also um, got a DUI and they didn't complete their classes. So they go to do? jail for a month. Yeah, I'll tell you after this. Okay, slay. <laughs> um, and he well, he called me and he was like, yeah, I have to go to jail for a month. I was like, why? What did you do? He's like, oh, I got a DUI and like I just didn't complete my classes because whatever, whatever. And I'm like, okay. Well, the classes are so easy, girl. I was like, you should have, like the minimum you could have done is one, not drive drunk, but two, like not, not complete your classes. Like, what do you mean? Like you knew what the consequences were and like, you're just gonna be like, mm -hmm. yeah, going to prison for a month. So like, it's things like that where when people take on like, oh, well being a police officer is like a really prestigious and like hard job. And like, you have to do like, okay, but like do it. Because if anybody else was to make that mistake, if a black officer, like the guy, the officer, um, the small officer who shot that white woman. Yeah. In Minnesota the Australian years ago, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, who was like, oh, that was a mistake. He got 12 years. Kim Potter still got two. Uh, yeah, they were like 12 years, a slave. Period. Exactly. Literally. Um, really Which he should have went to jail for longer, too, because, like, he shouldn't have killed that woman. And, like, that's where I'd be like, well, he, the first police officer that was convicted in the state of Minnesota for killing somebody was black. What does that tell you? It doesn't matter if you're a cop or not. If you're well, black, they're yeah. not going to care. Hello? Well, it's crazy because, like, what? Y'all, what is the rubric? What are we going off? Because, like, there was an Asian police officer, I think, in New York that sh his, like, his got shun. What? What the fuck am I trying to say? His gun got shot and it ricocheted and it, like, hit someone. And he got, like, locked up for a long, long time. And I was like, and then the um, black officer, the small one, got locked up for 12 years. This bitch gets two? I mean, what's going on, y'all? I mean, there's no, like, rubric of, like, there's no grading system or whatever. Like, it's all, like... The, it's all up to the judge, I guess. But, yeah, it's crazy, y'all. Whatever. One thing I also yeah. want to say is that I've been seeing a lot of the American flag with the red stripe. Mm -hmm. And the red stripe is for firefighters. And I'm like, no one was mad at you. You actually <laughs> saved lives. No one was mad at you. I'm not like, quite it sure... Wasn't, it yeah, wasn't like, necessary. Yeah, I'm like, it wasn't needed. No one asked for that, really. No one was mad at you. Why are you doing that? It's like me being like, I hate, I, I love roses. And then someone being like, what about petunias? I'm like, nobody was talking about that. Yeah, I was like, no, uh, no one's was worried about you. petunias. 
Ain't nobody worried about those ugly ass flowers. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk about um, friendships and the friendships that you had or have ended? Because yeah, so play. I think. And, like, I think it's different for everybody, and I th- believe that at the beginning of everything, like, with George Floyd, there were people who were checking. Because I was posting stuff. I was like, I don't think people really quite understand how crazy this is or understand how I feel or how people of color in their lives feel. Um, because it was really easy for people to be like, oh, well, it's really sad, and, like, that sucks. And then, like, move on. They're like, oh, that sucks. Some, some random-ass guy died, and he was killed by police. And, like, oh, well, with me, that's terrible. But, like, it's one person. Like, who cares? But it's like George Floyd was not the first person killed by one Derek Chauvin or by the Minneapolis Police Department. So I think that a lot of people were at first were like very sympathetic. But by the time that Dante Wright came around, like it wasn't cool or it wasn't fun to be like, oh, we're going to protests and we're like fighting and advocating for people's lives. And it's like it's gotten even worse and like less so in the last year. Um, actually, had a really good conversation with some people last night where it's like you don't always have to like show up out in the streets and like doing protests like some people give their money and like that's the part that they play or they donate or they raise awareness or they educate the people in their lives and i think that that's all really important too Mm -hmm. Um, or even just to have the ability to like have a conversation about it yeah some people and i will get into that whatever and some people can't do that and like avoid it and like they i think that intersectionality where it's like acknowledging the people that you are that are a part of your life go through certain things whether you recognize them or not like you if they're telling you something and they're telling you how you feel how they feel or you have to tell them how that you feel it's like having to understand and like we all have different perspectives of like being raised and like living in this country and i think that's like at its core i know i talk shit about america like all the time and i've never been like yeah i'm a brown american and blah 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 this um but I think at its core, that's what American is really is. It's having those perspectives and knowing that as a country that like sells itself as a melting pot of cultures and backgrounds is knowing that with those different cultures and backgrounds, you have to be able you have to be able to understand those perspectives and understand what you're going through, because it's really easy to be like, well, this is America and we're colonized by England and kind of by the French and german and whatever the case is a lot of scandinavian people live in minnesota and that's supposed to be the status quo like that doesn't make sense when you have all these native people who have been here for years you have all these immigrants who were brought in um during like the 20s through the 50s when you're seeing like an influx of asian immigrants and like those people is trying to establish themselves and like work railroads and do all these things to set up this country for what it is today. And then, like, that's not even talking about the slavery and, like, that aspect. Um, so for people to diminish that and just being like, well, shit just kind of happens. Um, I definitely know that I had some friends who were like, oh, that really sucks. And, like, that was it. And, like, that's... They're like, damn, anyway, so... Literally. And there's always this um, this analogy my dad always says. Uh, Slay David. And, yes. He's always he said, like, first thing first, I'm a realist. That means he's a, a user. I know he's an Iggy Stan. So weird. Um, but my dad would always say, like, you know, you can't always put yourself out there for people and like offer to take care of people because um, the example that he used is like, you know, if you're in a car with your friend and you crash your car, all your friends gonna be is like, man, that sucks. Like they're not gonna help you out. Like nine times they're like, wow, that really sucks. Sorry that happened to you, and like move on with your li- their lives because they're like, that's not my problem. 
Mm-hmm. And that carries in so many different things and different aspects um, throughout life. Like I definitely, um, I would like to think like a couple years ago, I had like a really di- mostly diverse friend group. Um, Let's see if it has whittled down her friend group, y'all. I really have, which it, it sucks. <laughs> and like, I miss certain people and certain things, but I also like, in hindsight, like there are certain things where I was like, no, that rubbed me the wrong way. And like, mm-hmm. I'm someone that would like to be held accountable for things that maybe I'm not doing the right thing, but I can't be held accountable if I can't hold you accountable type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, I would hope if like something was to happen to be between me and Calvin, not that I don't think we've ever really fought about anything. Let's um, fight. Yes, let's just have a fucking brawl. Um, <laughs> but, like, if Calvin and I disagree, we can disagree and have a conversation about it. And then that's just, like, it's not just, like, oh, well, I just... Oh, yeah, I love to tell Lucy like, when she's wrong. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, no. And I'll call Calvin and I'll be like, um, I think you need to see a doctor. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. and, like, and it's things like that. And I have friends that are able to do that. And I think it's different because... And this is not even necessarily with Jonte Wright in general, but, like with everything over the last two and a half years, like we're about to hit a two year anniversary of George Floyd within the next six weeks. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's when things happen like that, that I'm just kind of like, if you can't see me for what my struggles are, but only want to be around when I'm like prospering or I can relate to you because it's like, Oh, we're both kind of just like down and out. Like I can't, I just, I don't have the energy for that in my life anymore. And like, um, I'm thankful that I do have really good friends and friends that I've been able to keep and like have conversations and hold relationships with over the last few years. Like we've been friends for over a decade now, which is kind of wild. It's um, disgusting, kind of. And like, not even, <laughs> and not even going to like front or lie. Like it was never, it was, it wasn't always consistent. Like there are definitely times where we, we've fallen off with each other for like six, seven months and then, like, we come back and it's like, nothing happened. And it's not, like, something bad happened. We just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, people get busy or people are going through shit. And, like, I think Calvin says, like, after I started dating Miguel, he was like, oh, she's a boyfriend. Like, I'm going to start hanging with other people. Mm-hmm. And, like, in hindsight, I was like, yeah. you could have just told me that. But I also get <laughs> Yeah. I also was hanging out with, like, a different friend group. So it's, like, yeah. it's it's weird. Um, mm-hmm. and, and those things happen. But I don't know. It's weird. I don't... You never think that you would lose friends over things that are not even really trivial, but like just morally like sound. It's like, oh, that was really well. Fun. That it's happened. It's because you, when you're friends and when you're young, you think that oh, these are my friends. We all think alike. We probably all mm-hmm. we are friends because we think alike. But you really never know what's going on in someone else's head, and that's why I say you don't have to be out here like you know storming the Capitol with me. <laughs> Why did I say that? Ew. An insurrectionist. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be like stomping on the foregrounds with me or whatever in Latifah, but you have to be open with having a true and honest conversation with us or me about what you really think. Because we, I need to see if you're one, open and honest, but two, are we on the same wavelength? Was there something that, you know, I said or you said that made it click and be like, we're not what we thought we were. And if you can have an open conversation with me, I think that's really, really nice. And I think that's a growing experience in terms of like friendship. Luckily for me, my friends that I have, I didn't really lose any friends over the past few years because of 
th- of things that I've thought and I've said. Um, I haven't really lost any friends because we have had really good conversations. I think we all really think the same, which is why we've been friends for so long. I'm, I'm thinking about like the you know five friends that I do have, but also. But I was good. that's another point, which is, like, I don't have that many friends. And I think that's why. Latifa has more friends because, like, she was dating Miguel. She had, you know, Miguel's friends and all that stuff. But um, for me, because I'm single and a sad queen. Slay. Um, you also don't like to go out and meet people. Yeah. I, I just don't. I Like, I keep the friends that I have because I know that we, like, think the same. There's is nothing that toxic? broken. What's there to fix? Oh, I was going to say, no. Is, is that toxic? I'm, I'm not hewing other side of the story maybe possibly um but yes i wanted to say really quickly one thing that i do say all the time that triggers people is a cab which i think is still true but i just want to clear up the fact that when i say all cops are bad or when i say fuck the police i'm really talking about the system and the systemic kind of police culture that I think that the police have. Do I think that police people, men, women, they, them? <laughs> Actually, I don't, I don't really think that they, they, them would be in a police. Um, probably not. Probably not. But um, do I think that police person altruism exists? Meaning, do I think that police can sometimes be nice? Yes, I do. Um, like that one, you know, when like you get pulled over and the police is like, it's fine. I'm not going to give you a ticket or whatever. I think that is altruism, meaning that it has no benefit to them to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. They're just being nice to be nice or whatever. Or they're not like negatively, negatively not affecting my, me. You might not be being like a nice cop. You're just being like a nice person. Yeah. Um, because that did happen with Latifah and I and Boo Boo in the car. That po- Bitch, first of all, the first thing I said was, Latifah, slow down because there's cops around this area. What do you know? Boom. We get just, pulled out by the police. Yeah, and he didn't give me a ticket, and he was. I was like, I'm honestly just not familiar with this area, sorry. And like, yeah. I was honest. No, and Latifah also has been pulled over by cops. She was speeding, and her excuse was like, "Oh, my brother's back home. I'm really excited to see him or something." I think that has something to do with me being a woman, though. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like women are a lot easier to get their way out of tickets and, and stuff. And it's so true. Um, but yeah, so Typically. I do believe that altruism exists and police but i think that human altruism also exists and because uh, because police people are humans obviously sometimes they're nice i think that the system that the system of police culture is toxic and that's why i say a cabin police are bad and fuck the police and whatever else um i think that that has triggered a lot of people when i say that because they think that oh my god like hello we need the police like look at all these asian people um getting beaten up by homeless people. We need the police, to blah, 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 whatever. Um, the police aren't preventing that from happening. I just want to say that. Yeah, I'm like, not- okay. Um, so yeah, I think that's a big thing that I have said that triggers people or acquaintances around me to be like, mm? and look at me differently. Um, but it's still something that I stand by. Um, and we can have an open conversation about that. But if we're not willing to like, have an open conversation. If if, if I say a cab and fuck the police and you're never going to talk to me ever again, we weren't really friends then. I don't think, you know, period, period. Um, have you lost friends over the last few years, Tifa, of what you said um, and what you stand for? Or have people I, like opened their eyes and be like, wow, Latifa is black. I think it's both. I think a lot of people were like, 
I think it went through this whole like transitional period where it was like, oh my gosh, yeah, Tifa does have like all these things that she faces because she's black and like would never see it before. And people are always like, oh, people who don't see color are racist. And I was like, yeah, but there are a lot of people in my life who don't see me. They see me who I, who for as I am and like as a person, but they don't always acknowledge like the hardships it is to be black or be mixed or to be a minority in like in any situation. Like, I don't think that there are. Mm. I don't remember. There's there's not a lot of times where I'm not a minority, you know? Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of started. And then the more it got to be and the more, I guess, quote unquote, radical thinking that people think that I am or think that I was like, oh, we need to demolish this. People are like, oh, they're like, mm, that's that's a little much. I don't think that that's necessary. Um, and I've definitely lost friends um, and people who. I yeah, but do they tell you friends. that? Do they tell you that? Oh, this is why we're not friends. Or do they say that? Do they mm, do they give you like an exit interview? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think I think people well, for a lot of the time I would just be like, just well, I just you. don't that or it's just kind of been like conversations just like, yeah, we can agree to disagree and like that's fine, but like I'm not going to be around. And like mm. that's happened a few times. Um but then it it's kind of like a trickle effect where if that happens with one person or a couple people, then other, everybody else is just like, oh, well, we're just not going to talk or even try to have that conversation with her. Um which is on them like at the end of the day I don't miss. I uh, in like right, in maybe hindsight, you should just away, maybe you should just say what happened. <laughs> well, I guess it's been like a year. I guess it's fair to kind of talk about, um, and I won't name names, but like there was definitely a time where I had a good fr- like a decent sized friend group, and mm-hmm. this was all. This is honestly, it was literally around this time last year where John T. Wright was killed, and people and Miguel were upset. was like in jail. Yeah, Miguel was in jail. Miguel was going through all this, like, PTSD stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had called out a friend who was like, don't expect me to come around and, like, you guys want to start hanging out now that, like, all these um, COVID procedures and protocols aren't happening. Like, I'm not going to be out, like, having a beer when I'm, like, traumatized and everybody's like, yeah, let's just party and, like, do all this stuff. But you guys don't want to have conversations about, like, what I'm going through and, like, what I'm feeling and whatever the case. And, like, people took that the wrong way. And the delivery could have been a lot better, also. Yeah. Um. And out of just, like, because I'm with Miguel, people thought that I believed the same thing, and nobody really asked um, how I felt about it. Um, So then it just kind of became, like, an excommunicated thing. And, like, obviously, like, I can hold Miguel to an accountability set, and I did. I talked to him. I was like, I don't think that that was necessary or the way that this was delivered wasn't the way that it should have been because, like, these are your friends. But at the same time, they also weren't having to willing to be able to have those conversations mm-hmm. or it'd be like, well, I don't see the point of you even trying to like fight for these people or why do you feel like you need to do it or you're just wasting your time or whatever the case. And like, I know that that can kind of be a little touchy and like people are open to their own perspectives and things. Um, but I got to a point where I, like, um last summer like i really didn't hang out with a lot of people because one none of my friends really were talking to me um and two i was just kind of like at a loss because i was like i didn't do anything and like i didn't say anything to anybody i never was like when that conversation happened i literally was like i don't want anything to do with this you guys can have this conversation if someone wants to talk to me about it let me know and that's what i said and i was like i'm not jumping into this i'm not having this argument over a group chat like that's not who i am um facebook posts so they're all day 
And I went through this like whole thing where like I wouldn't go to birthday parties or I wouldn't go to parties because I didn't want attention to be on me. And people would be like, oh, you're here. And uh, Miguel's not because we don't want him here. And people would be like, oh, yeah. well, how have things been? And like for me to just not bring up everything that's going on, because at the time, like that, it, that was a, like a lot of my life. And a lot of it was going out and a lot of it was supporting my friends and the people that I had met who were being arrested and being brutalized by the police and like they didn't want to hear that and they didn't want to have those conversations or know that that was going on um and a lot of it was just kind of like toxic positive in my opinion um where it's like well we just had to support people to support people um because i know that there are times where i've wanted to talk to certain people um and i'm like hey i think that this person might have like a substance abuse issue and i think we should talk to them about it and I would be told, like, well, they're adults. They can figure it out. And, like, you shouldn't get into their business. And I'm like, okay, but, like, if we're friends, like, why wouldn't I want to help them and being like, hey, like, you don't have to be like this all the time. Like, if you need help or you need support, like, let's talk about it. And that's who I am as a person. Like, if, um, example, real life example, um, we have a friend who, well, how do I say this? This has happened a num numerous times where I'll be like, Calvin, you work out too much. Like your body dysmorphia is kind of getting out of hand. Like we need to talk about this. Slay. And it's and true. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, and I should be able to tell him that because we are friends and we've been friends for a long time. And it's like, because I care and love a plus Calvin. No, no, no. I wouldn't. Uh, uh, sorry. Another example would be like, um, I used to terrorize Gary. <laughs> I used to terrorize Gary because he's, I know that he's afraid of, um, um, he's afraid of driving so yeah. i would drive really really fast when he's in my car um and basically one time i did it with latifah and, and latifah was like you have to stop doing that and i was like fine i'll stop doing that yeah and yeah things like that where it's like i have to be able to hold people accountable for certain things and like if you genuinely care about someone i feel like you would want to know what's going on and want to help them in that better set but like that wasn't always the case um, and yes one time i did go 80 on a bridge on uh, doing a snowstorm with getting in the car and that did terrify. That shocked him to his core, and maybe that's why he doesn't drive today. But whatever. Sorry, Gray. Uh, but yeah, it's things like that where I just wasn't. I was told I was like, "Well, you just have to mind your business, and like people are going to do what they want to do." I'm like, "Yeah, that's true to an extent, but like, who am I to not like not help them? Like, not like offer." It was like, and if they hate me and they don't want to be friends with me because I see this and like I want to call them out and be like, "Hey, I care about you. Like, we don't have to do this." Yeah, but that like, to me suggests that. You weren't friends in the first place, though. Well, and it, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and oh. then I went through this whole um, after I had gone through this, and then I kind of stopped getting invited or stopped being reached out to, and went to this whole point where I was like, "Well, were we ever really friends if you were able to just cut somebody off without saying anything or like even acknowledge them?" Remember, like, "Hey, like that was kind of messed up," and like we just—it wasn't even like I just can't be around Miguel anymore. Like, I'm really upset that that happened, and I didn't appreciate it. That didn't happen for months. It was just radio silence, and it was kind of like, oh, well, we miss you guys. And I was like, well, it doesn't really feel that way because no one is talking to me. And mm. when we all did eventually get together, I was like, this feels so fake. It was, okay, tea, you guys. <laughs> so Gary and I already knew that, that they were going to have a surprise birthday for Latifah, and we already knew ahead of hand. And Gary and I were like, I don't think she's going to like that. <laughs> Because it's going to be so weird, and I know that there's going to be an elephant in the room, and they're not they're not going to address it. And I know that Latif was way too nice to say anything. 
And that's why I, I was like, left. I just left. As I, soon as the deal I was, was like, over and I was there, I was like, I'm going to go home. I wish I was there to be like, because I know that Latifa is, she's not going to say anything. And she's too nice, but I'm not because I'm a bitch. And I would say something at dinner. I would give a speech about it and it would be fierce. Um, but yeah, it was just very strange for me. I wasn't there. Um, but I was like, I know that's going to be a, a strange experience for Latifa. And it was. <laughs> and it was. And- and I did have conversations after that with those people. And I was like, hey. And a lot of them, it was receptive. And they were like, yeah, that way. Like, we see where that was wrong. And like. Okay. But the thing is. Here's, she's not saying that. But. Um, she, let's see if I'm not saying this. But. They specifically were like, do not tell Miguel. Yeah. They're like, don't tell Miguel. We don't want him to come. But we're going to have a part of the party for Latifa. And that's why Gary and I were like, but why? We were like, right, she's and- not going to like that though. But. My whole issue was that it was like, if this was something that you were 100% like out of the goodness of your heart was doing for me, then you would be able to put that aside and being like, well, this is her birthday and that's her significant other of the last like five years. Like we can put it, we can put the beef down for like a day and like maybe have a conversation or talk to him before and say, hey, we want to do this. Can we have a conversation about what happened four or five months ago? Because Mm. this was literally what is it? it's april and my birthday's in september so like five months later like with no conversation whatsoever and then being like we want to have a birthday for you like why like it and i think this has conditioned latifah a little bit because last night she was like is it okay if miguel comes and uh, rathmany gary me and latifah we're like best friends we don't care if miguel comes or not of course he can come but latifah was like is it okay if miguel comes uh, of course well, it's fine and I say that not even because of that, because sometimes it's like sometimes you want friend time and like you don't want some like you don't want like not saying that you guys couldn't be friends with Miguel if I, we weren't together. But like if say that Gary wanted to talk about something that maybe he doesn't want Miguel to know about or Rath wants to talk something that like Miguel's not familiar about and like they don't want him in their business. Um, that's OK. And I understand that where I'd been like. Yeah, sometimes you just want to hang out with your friends and depending on the significant other, not that I believe Miguel is like controlling or whatever or anything, but sometimes you're like, oh, you're just (laughs) going to bring your boyfriend to everything that we do all the time. And I don't, but like, I was like, well, I'll ask. I would. (laughs) True. I I have no boyfriend. I haven't had a boyfriend in 10 years. I'm bringing that bitch around everywhere. Wow. True. You're like, hold my bag. Yeah. Hold my boba tea. Um, but yeah, that was like a really weird time. And yeah, I guess that kind of started like a year ago. Mm. And like, ironically, we, well, we bring it up because it it was due to the fact that Latifah and uh, Latifah and, um, Miguel, I forgot his name for like a second. Uh, Latifah and Miguel are very heavily involved in the movement and Miguel felt as though they, his friends were not. So it did lead to like a weird kind of situation where, you know, you have to cut off friends if you're not thinking the same way, if you're not on the same page. So that's why and, we wanted to talk about it. Not because, like, to, we're... And to be explained. honest, it's not like any of us... It's not like I, and I don't I don't believe Miguel was expecting them to be, like, the same rate in the same capacity that Miguel is at. Um, because it's no, not realistic. Can't. Like, yeah. And, like, I have a couple of friends who are taking, like, a two-month break because they're like, we've been going at it for the last two years. Like, it's not healthy. Like, we need to cut it off, and, like, we need to have a break where it's just, like... I need to take care of myself and not be surrounded by all this trauma all the time because that's where you create trauma bonding and all these things happen in the movement where it's like, yeah, now it's starting to get a little messy with all these like personal issues. And I was like, yes, do that. I've been trying to convince Miguel to do it. And it's things where I'm like, those things are important, 
but at the same time, like a lot of the a lot of the people I was around a year two years ago, one didn't want to have the conversations, or two their excuses were like, well, there's just too much going on, which is valid. Like it was a pandemic, but like to not even acknowledge or like want to have conversations, and like well we have trauma. I'm like well we all have trauma. I think we and all like, say yeah. Yeah, and like you're not gonna get through your trauma by like not confronting it either like so it's not like oh i have trauma and i don't want to deal with it and that's like well you not dealing or facing your traumas isn't going to get you out of that trauma like you're just going to live in a traumatized state the rest of your life and like that's not me victim blaming and it's not me being like oh well you just have to be a better person and like pick yourself up and like do stuff. like i know that it takes time but like mm-hmm. i don't know it was like this really weird dynamic and like i said people would be like um yeah. I don't see why you're doing this. Like we had a friend who we went to go see Judas and the Black Messiah for Miguel's birthday. Uh-huh. I rented out a theater and that movie's about Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers. And when I tell you someone at the end of the movie was like Wakanda forever. And I was like, bitch, what? Like that's not <laughs> yeah. like it. They did it to be funny, but it was like, that's not the time and place. Like this was a real story about real people. And like the only trope that you can connect this to in any other black sense was Black Panther Wakanda forever like slay energy yeah i mean i think that sorry miguel (laughs) i think that miguel had expected his friends to like think and have that same group think of like oh we have to be fighting every day and whatever else Mm -hmm. um and i think he expected them to do so but that's why i say that i don't expect you to do that i expect you to at least have an open conversation with me and i think that's where it could have been handled a little bit better. Oh, 100%. Um, but I think that he was right for it because, um, you know, he, he loves you and he wants to stand up for things that he thinks, like, affects you and stuff. Um, so I think that's why he goes really, really hard for Black Lives Matter and stuff. And I don't know if he thought about how it affected you before he dated you, but... No, I, I don't... And that's the thing, like, a lot of the time I, I do, I go through this thing where I'm like, does Miguel only do this because I'm black? Or, like, is it, does he just genuinely feel this way? And I know that that's not fair to, like, assume, but... It could be both. It could be both. And he no, thinks that people don't both. see it that way. People, he, he, at least the conversations we've had in the past, he's like, why would people think that? And I'm like, who doesn't think that? Who doesn't look at you and like, oh, you have a black girlfriend, and that's why you're out here? Like, that's just what anybody would think. Like, you would have no, you have no... Um, you have nothing to lose in that sense if that's not why you're here. Like, why else would you be out here? Like, it's like, it's like you have a bunch of black friends? Probably not. Um, but it's like, it, it's for the betterment of people. And like, at its core, it's like Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter does have that like trickle down um, ability. Like, we're, we're taking care of people who are oppressed, that it's going to take care of other people and other groups that are oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest thing, and I, I disagreed with Miguel at the time when everything kind of happened. Um, because I don't think that he realized how it did affect me. And he did, he's apologized numerous, numerous times um, because of it, because he's like, but at the same time, I'm also like, if that was a conversation that skewed people and were like, yeah, we can't be friends at all. And it was just a conversation about like race, racism and like how racism exists in this country and like how people don't want to con- like have conversations about it. It was like, okay, but if you just want to hang out and like get drunk together on weekends and like, not have hard conversations. And I was like, well, then, like, are we really friends? Yeah, like, like, or are we are just, we? like, party friends? Like, it's not, there's no, it's not substance. It's not a substance friendship or relationship. And I'm not, this is not me dissing them in any sense. 
or saying like we never had like good genuine conversations because I know that we have um but at the same time all that whole that entire group is people of color um there's not I don't think recently there's not really like anybody in that group that's white um there are plenty of people who want to be white or white people <laughs> don't get me wrong and that's that's that on that and I'll say that till I die and that's how it was beforehand um, because there were people I didn't care about before the same way, like in any friend group, you're not going to be close to anybody, everybody. Um, but a <laughs> lot of them yeah. are okay conforming to that like whole white mentality and like, that's what they want. And, and I think that's also something just within, um, a minority or an immigrant mindset. It's like, especially within like an Asian American mindset, it's just like, well, if I can blend in and act like these white people, then they'll accept me for who I am. And then they're, they're not going to pick on me. Or look at me as anybody different and I think that's mm -hmm. just like a common thing um, mm -hmm. I think it's like a defense mechanism but I'm also saying that it's like not big slay energy yeah um, because I've definitely because I went to a private school I understand that a lot of Asian people think that a lot of people a lot of minorities think like that if they can just mm -hmm. blend in or they wish that they were just like everybody else, which in this case would be white and they wish they had, they had blonde hair and blue eyes and whatever else. Um, it, it's a defense mechanism. Is it fierce for me? No, but yeah. do I understand where they're coming from? Yes. Was it for me? Did I ever feel like that? No, no diva. Um, another big red flag for me, especially with my Asian friends is how hard do they go for, stop Asian hate versus how hard do they go for everything else? Bro, that shit was <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> uh, no, and I think that I want to give them, like, the benefit of the doubt. Like, yes, this is the... If they're Chinese and people Chinese people are getting killed, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's sad that all these elderly Chinese people are being dead. But I also want to see... Not that I have to do a background check on you, but I would also like to see your thoughts on what you think about Black Lives Matter and what you think about... um other causes like um you know latino kids kids being locked up in cages and stuff what, what do you think about that um i think it's always i think it might be different for latifah because latifah is biracial and i'm trying to say like you always try and fight for the community that is that you're a part of so i guess asian people fighting for asian lives makes sense but because mm -hmm. Latifah is biracial, she's fighting for Asian lives and also Black Lives Matter. So I think that her experience is different um, than and just a, a regular Asian person, maybe, perhaps. It's just, speak on it. It's, it's weird because I think a lot of the people who speak on, like, Asian hate will only speak on it. And, like, like you said, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, obviously, you're the, like, those those people were like, oh, my gosh, that could have been my grandma. Or yeah. that could have been my grandpa. Or that could have been my parents. And, like, 100%. But that's like honestly, yeah. That's oh wait, the same but when you black people go through, yeah, no. But when you say like S Asian lives matter, but but like you can't see the systemic racism that black people face. That to me tells me that you don't have critical thinking skills, and that to me that's why it's a trigger for me. That's like you're you're off. Like we're not thinking the same. You're not you're not on the same level as me, honey. Because I can see that, and I have critical thinking skills, and you don't. So that's why I'm. It, it worries me a little bit. When they can well, only see racism towards their community and they can't point it out in any other instances. That's, that's yeah, 100%. I, yeah. I had a whole conversation with Gary and Rath a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or if I've said this to you or anybody, where they were like, 
Yeah, like you can't because Gary was talking about um, how they had like Negro League baseball cards come into his job because and I was like, why can't you just say Negro? He's like, I don't think that that's appropriate. I was like, really? Like, I've never had in my mind. I've never had to think about that. Like, it was like Negro, whatever. Like, I can say whatever, however I want. I wouldn't say that either. Seeing like that's things that like you guys have those like skills to think about. But then at the other end of the spectrum, you have people who want to say Asian lives matter or stop Asian hate, but we'll throw the N-word around all the other Asian people that hang around. Girl, like- <laughs> go to the bay. <laughs> swag- it's giving Swagapino energy. <laughs> but it's it's like that where I'm like, okay, so you know that like, because you won't say it around black people, so you know that it's wrong, but you still kind of want to be cool, I yeah. guess. We, we had a, like- let's even, I had a friend that, um, well, a friend to me, whatever. No, not really to me. Uh, we had a person <laughs> that um, would say the N-word all the time. And we had a, a mentor that was black and he said it in front of them. And he immediately said, sorry. He's like, oh, sorry. You we know do? that you're not supposed... What? We do? Um, yeah, I'll tell you after. Because <laughs> I, okay. I clearly remember this. And I was next to Latifa and in front of um, our mentor. And he's a black man. And this guy said the N-word. And he immediately said, oh, I'm sorry. So you know that you're not supposed like they, to say it. And you know but that you said you it know, anyway. Because, he's, because he was comfortable enough to say it, then you know that he's very comfortable saying it around other people when there aren't black people around. Yeah. So it seems like that. It's like you're going to say the N-word, but say Asian lives matter, but you're not going to stand up for anyone else except for Asian lives, period. Yeah. So I don't know. Big it's like this. It, it's just very, it's so annoying. And like, I think a lot of, to tie it back to what we were saying, I think a lot of our, that friend group was like, oh my gosh, like all these Asian people are getting attacked and like, that's really terrible. And I'm like, bro, like y'all didn't want to show up <laughs> when like black people were getting attacked. You're like, yeah, that's really sad. And like a couple of them did come out like once or twice. And then there was like this whole like Asian lives matter after there was that slew of killings um, at the Atlanta area through all those like uh, massage parlors and stuff that mm-hmm. like eight or nine Asian women died. And, like, they showed up for that, like, all out. Like, oh, my gosh, we're going. Can't believe we're not. Like, we wouldn't miss this, whatever. And, like, there were things for, like, weeks. But how – like, is that you being jaded or is that you being legitimate? And, like, how how much? Um, I think it was kind of, like – and I remember. I, I, told- I see it's, like mm, – how do I say this? It's, like – I don't know how to say it. Okay, well, you go. I remember I told Steve <laughs> – at the time, because we saw people I had never seen, like, go out at all, like, at the Capitol. And I was like, okay. So, and I told him, I was like, is it weird that I feel some type of way that they can come out for this? But, like, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, it's, like, not the same. And I guess you could argue that, like, a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff is happening with police. And, like, Asian Lives Matter is just, like, these angry, like, people who want to attack elderly Asian people or just Asian people in general. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's and true. I don't know if it's something like that where people in, like, a lot of the Asian community or the people that I was surrounded around by were like, oh, but that's police and, like, I don't want to touch that. But when it comes to, like, women being yeah. killed by, like, a random shooter, then, like, that's a different case. But I'm also like, but they're still – both of them are terrible. At the end of the day, the police is like – like, the cops are a person – and they're just in a – and they're in a uniform that allows them to do that and get away with that. It, it's on murder. Yes. And all these other, like these white people are like, they're going to jail. 
Like, so I don't believe that justice isn't being served for that. Like those people are getting arrested and there's not like no question that they're going to go to jail for a long time. That is true. That's a good point. They have very different outcomes and goals because Black Lives Matter is mainly police brutality, but the Asian stop Asian is basically like, stop killing us, like accept us, please. But mm-hmm. the thing that I will say that a lot of the time that I see it, uh, Asian hate rallies and whatever else is that the outcome is that they want more policing. Right. Which is like, mm, I'm not, I'm not really down for that. Which what is, is that crazy because like they're, they're well, a people lot of are getting people. Ki- people are getting killed. What are the police doing? How is that going to help? More police? Right. How? Because they're not helping. Well, because there are, there are plenty of Hmong people who have been killed in Minnesota by Minnesota police. Yeah. So it's like that's like, not necessarily the solution either. And don't get me wrong, like both. Well, because both that, things are terrible. Well, because the the unsaid solution is like, accept us, please, like stop right. killing us. But that's a very hard thing to press. It's into a lot society. easier to it, throw it, more police into the street yeah, than it yeah. is to be like stop hating Asian people. Yeah. So, so yeah, I that was a good know. point, bitch. Wow. Period. Yeah. Thank you. So I don't know if I'm jaded in that sense where it's like, okay, but you guys can show up and like me talking through it now. I'm like, well, maybe it's because it's like, it's not as, I don't want to say violent because I don't think a lot of the BLM Mm. stuff is violent. I think a lot of what happens to black people who are killed is violent. But then like you think of Breonna Taylor, she's like sleeping in her, she's sleeping or Amir Locke is sleeping in an apartment. And like, those are police killings the same way. A lot of the time, like these Asian people are being attacked in the street unprovoked. The same thing is happening to black people. And I don't know if that connection is being made for a lot of the people who want to say, like, stop Asian hate, but don't want to believe in, like, Black Lives Matter. I don't know if that connection is there. I think you are a little bit jaded. (laughs) Because I think that you're, I think you're seeing these people as your friends at the time. And you're like, why are not, why are my friends not here supporting me? Because I'm a black woman and I'm facing all this stuff. Why aren't they here for me? But they're there for their own community or whatever else because i'm showing up for both because yeah because you're doing double duty or whatever and i think that's frustrating because for me i'm seeing that seeing it as well i'm seeing this situation as maybe they're getting inspired because you know like republicans and i'm so sorry to say that to say that these asian people are like republicans but like sometimes it takes like something in their own community or this own family to be like hey Maybe this is bad. Like, Republicans are always like, hey, my uncle died of COVID. Maybe I should get vaccinated. Or maybe universal healthcare should be a thing. And I'm glad that they turned around, but I'm also mad that, like, you didn't see it before and you had no empathy. So that's why I'm mad at these Asian people, because I'm like, you had no empathy. I'm glad that you're seeing the light now, and I'm glad that you are on the front lines and doing stuff, but now that you have the ability to see what's happening, I want you to apply that to Black Lives Matter. I want you to apply that to Latino lives. I want you to apply that to Native American lives, and I see that this has been happening everywhere else, but you're just waking up now. I'm glad you're waking up right now, but I want you to see it in everywhere else, and I think that's why I'm upset, and I think that's why you're upset too. No, I agree. I think it has to do. It's like, why did it take it for until it happened to you to be like, yeah. oh, it's, it's shit, an, this is it's, like a real thing. Yeah. It's an empathy thing. I'm like, why didn't you have empathy before? I'm glad you have it now, but why didn't you have it before? Was it because Black Lives to you didn't mean anything, or was it because you just were lazy, or you, or was it because you didn't have critical thinking thinking skills? I right. think that's why I'm like upset about it, really. 
and maybe why you're upset. I don't know. And I think it also has a lot to do with like the media portrayal too. Don't get me wrong. Like where it's like, oh, these like eight women were killed and they were just working in these salons or like it's just this elderly Asian person who is being attacked like unpro- like just walking down the side of the street. So I think that and don't get me true. wrong, like it, it's really fucked up. But then you have all these pictures of like oh, you have like a mugshot of some black person that was killed by police even though that that like uh, when the whole Ahmad Aubrey thing was going on, people were like, "Well, he was robbing people and he did all these things and he was smoking pot and blah 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 and he was just running in the neighborhood." Like, but that doesn't change the fact that he was unjustly hunted. A uh, man was murdered. Yeah, I, and that wow, bitch. Good point, bitch. My God, because that is true. Because when uh Asian person is killed in the media, they're like, "Oh yeah, they're working or." This was an old elderly man. He came all the way here from China in 19... Whatever. But when a black person was killed, it's like, they they had a warrant for their arrest. So this was was rightfully so. And I think the media portrayal is skewing how people look at it, especially Asian people, because when you look at how Asians are represented as victims versus how black people are represented represented as victims, it's very, very different. And I think that that might be affecting the Asian community as to why they're finally stepping out and because i do think that asian people think that racism is pointed and not systemic and here's a here is the perfect example of this um when botham gene was killed down in was it dallas um he was the guy who was in his apartment and then that police officer amber geyer came back and thought it was her apartment and shot and killed him in his oh, apartment gross yeah and the media focused so much on how she, she was so tired and she was overworked and all this, but like they didn't, they had nothing or said nothing about this man being like a businessman. He was a recent graduate. He was an accountant for like this big company. He was an immigrant. Like none of that was really brought up. It was like, yeah, he died, but like, oh my gosh, this poor white woman who killed him is having to deal with all these things. And I'm like, that has, who cares? Who cares a fuck about what her hardships are when she murdered a man? She literally walked into his house and killed him. So, like, when things like that come up, and, like, I know that the media portrayal and, like, America's media is for profit and it's really shitty. Like, it's not necessarily about delivering facts. It's about building emotional bonds and connections with people who are watching the news. And it's really fucked because, like, that's not how it should be looked at. And I don't know. Yeah, that case made me so mad because I'm, like, the outcome of this case, your defense in trying to make her seem innocent is that your defense is that she's not a good police officer and th- at the end of the day, that she could not say that there was a welcome mat that was not hers and that all the furniture, hey, she didn't buy. This is not her house. The outcome of that is that you are not a good police officer. So then it's like, why are you a police officer? Girl, Yeah. go home. Uh, not to his house. You're real home, bitch. Um, yeah, that, that made me really, really sad and mad. Anyway, friendships... <laughs> Oh, well, um, what what can we say about that, Tifa? Uh, Latifa has lost friendship. I like I said, I really haven't. Um, but I think that Latifa has like has had more friends that go out. I think and like yeah, stuff. and I think it also just had to kind of tie with COVID because a lot of people's excuses like, oh, I would be out there if it wasn't COVID, and then people started hanging out because COVID protocols were lifted and like that was the excuse that they were using for a long time. And then once that stopped, they were like, oh, 
But COVID- I didn't think that this would still be going on after COVID was done. Yeah, that was a scary time. Um, that was around, it was basically, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. I was in town in Minnesota, Perth, and I was really scared to go out because my grandpa, um, that was like right before he passed away too. Yeah, he was already sick, kind of. Yeah, so I was really afraid. We went out with um, Eileen and Boo Boo and face masks on. And everyone had a face mask on and we were outside and it was sleigh. Um, but it was a huge crowd and I was really, really nervous because I was like, I know that like if I come home sick, my grandpa's going to get sick for sure. Um, but it turned out that like... The, it was mostly safe. Like, Yeah, it, it was really was- safe. Like, you know, it takes a week for the data to come in and there was not really a significant rise in COVID cases. Um, and so I was like, sleigh. So, yeah. Yeah, so what's the problem? Hello? Yeah. But, and I think a lot of people didn't believe, like, they were, people were taking protocols and things um, to make sure that people were cared for. But, yeah. again, alas, what do I know? Ew, did you say that with an accent? Yes. Literally babes here, like, <laughs> what do I know? Do you know me? Like, <laughs> ew. So ugly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a struggle, but I'm, you know what? I'm glad that that happened to you <laughs> only because now you know, like, who's friends and who's not. Well, no, and that's why I'm like, at, at the end of the day, <laughs> get it one last time for this season. Um, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> I'm always kind of like, you know, it really sucks. And I do miss those relationships and things and like, Looking back, like now that I'm getting older, I'm like, damn, like I had all these friends and like I had my whole life planned out where it's like, oh, like these are the people that I'd be in my wedding and like these are the people who I'm going to like have like around my children. Damn, bitch. That's wild. I didn't know that part. Yeah. So I'm like, I think about that stuff. and I'm like, damn, that's really shitty. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but if you were never really in my corner to begin with, then like I don't feel like I've lost anything. And like and that's no shape, no tea. Like that's just how I am. And I think that's what the consensus is that I've gotten at. If any of those people were like wanted to reach out and like we could have a conversation about like could become friends again, I don't think it'd be at the same capacity, I but think, I still respect them. I mean, it would be so hard because like you, you would have to ask like what happened. Well, and I think because how do, how would you go back? Gone, how would you go a back? A couple and of be them like, have gone to Miguel's restaurant recently. That's the thing. Like, so Miguel's seen them recently, and like there are times where I'm like, yeah, it's kind of shitty and like it sucks, but at the same time, like. I looked at it in a sense where, like, I was only friends with these people for, like, five years, where Miguel and another friend That's of ours... a long was, time. Yeah, but Miguel and another friend of ours were friends with them for, like, 10 or 15 years, and they dropped them so quickly. And I was like... It sucks for me, but, like, these are their childhood friends. Like, that's... It, that's the equivalent of, like, that's you true. guys just being like, yeah, we're fucking done with you. And, like, that would hurt me a <laughs> yeah, lot yeah, more. Yeah, fuck you, Latifah. Yeah, so that would hurt me a lot more than it's like, yeah, these yeah. are the people I, like, went to bars with in my early 20s and, like, partied with, but, like, I don't know. I honestly don't even really like parties, so, like, I'm oh not God. really, I don't, I don't know. It's weird Poor and Miguel, it sucks, oh but at the same time, like, at the, at the end of the day, I don't mm-hmm. really feel like I've lost all those core friendships that I've had with the other people in my lives. And I've, that's what's really been able to get me through a lot of this, where I've been like, mm-hmm. I've gone so much closer to you guys. Not that we weren't close before, but like... I was like, we were so pretty really close, close before. Yeah, Actually, like, the sex episode, slayed. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know that I was going to learn all these things. Slay. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, no, was- oh, oh my God, I remember we had a, a sex talk with all of our friends, and that really slayed. <laughs> yeah. That slayed. I feel like we were like so connected. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's like things like that where like I know that I can have like good building conversations where it's not just like what are you doing this weekend? What do you want to do this weekend? It's like realized conversations about yeah. like all the things that we go through and like living through life, whether mm-hmm. it's like deaths in the family or it's like mm-hmm. a social uprising or yeah. if it's just like me having a crisis because I don't know what color Telfar bag I want to buy or like that. <laughs> this bitch this bitch texted us SOS and Leti- and Rathmina like what oh my god what and she's like oh what what color telephone bag I was like oh my god I thought you were in a fucking crisis I thought you got like kidnapped or I something I said that I, I literally said SOS I'm in a crisis I know I was like what what um, but one thing I do want to say is that I think that I do think that going Eileen and going to camp really conditioned us to be open and honest because we yeah at the end of the camping trip we would all say a very open and honest conversation about wh- how what we were going through at that at that stage in our life and i think that really helped us not only be closer but learn how to express our feelings with one another i guess because i wouldn't because yeah. you can't like that sex conversation that we had with joel and ka and sorry to name you guys uh latifa and i and gary uh, no gary was there Joe and Alvin, that is not something that can be forced with any friend group. No. It's not something you can just sit down with any friend group and be like, let's talk about sex. How are you and your girlfriend going? That's not yeah, something you can just say. It's weird because there are friends that I've known for a long time that still wouldn't have conversations like that or aren't comfortable. Where it's been like, to me, I to me, there's no conversation that's kind of off limits. Like, I there are conversations with Miguel that I've been like, you know, I probably wouldn't say this in the like public, but like, I trust you and like, I know that you can have an open conversation. And I'd be like, how do you feel about this? I'd be like, you know, I kind of feel the same way. And like, but at the same time, like, that's not right. Like, it's not okay to be think that way or like, you just have conversations. And I've had conversations like that with you guys. So it's like, you yeah, have to be slays. able to do that. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. And um, no, I, I was going to say that, yeah, like, so I think that it might be a special case for us because we've been kind of conditioned to do That's so. That's what our friendship is, like, built off of. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. Friendship slays, you guys. Slays. Friend- friendships. Well, let's get friendship bracelets. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's um, make one. Yes. Ew. All right. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, it's been a really long episode. Yeah, it's like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guess what? This is all you get for some X amount of time. We don't know when we're coming back, but we'll be back at some point. I don't know. I don't remember how long our break was the last time. I don't even think we... Did we say it was our season finale? Oh, yeah, we did. I said it at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. This is really it. I don't know. I'm really tempted. I just want to see how long our last break was. Um, it was like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a couple of months, maybe like three. Mm, let me see. Season two started. Okay, July. Oh, April, and then we came back in July. Yeah, because I think we ended because. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So our last, so our last season was ended with April twenty fourth. Wow, we're like right on schedule. Wow, yeah. Slay. And then came back July or June eighteenth. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so like not a weeks. very long break. <laughs> six weeks. Well, it's okay. Uh, I like yeah. doing the podcast. It's fun. Yeah, um, me too. But yeah, 
but right, thanks for guys. listening you guys for the thanks. last two years um two years year basically oh that's crazy uh um, right, but yeah, sorry this episode was hella, hella long. Um, hope you really enjoyed. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you um, are listening as a friend or I don't want to say like a former friend. Um, <laughs> maybe you're listening, and maybe you learned something or maybe you learned something that because we didn't have conversations about it. And like, like I said, no shake, no teeth. Like this is just me as I am. And like, I think I'm just someone who takes things as they are. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Reparations for Latifah. Yeah. Seriously. Send me the monies. All right, Bye. you guys. I need to okay, well, that's us signing off. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>